GBC Podcasts, local voices on demand. Hello, thanks for listening to the Gibraltar Today podcast. I'm Jonathan Scott. In this edition, we discussed research that benefits Gibraltar with the University of Gibraltar's Dr. Darren Fah and PhD students Keith Madeira, Bethany Gad and Samantha Slisarenko. But our top story was Marlene Hassan Naon's decision not to contest the next general election. The leader of the political party Together Gibraltar believes politics has become toxic, but said she'd continue to fight for a better Gibraltar. I first asked her how she was feeling. Good afternoon, uh, Miss Hassan. Um, Hi. How, how are you feeling? A big decision Jonathan. for you? Yes, um, it's a, it's a culmination of. Uh, a long, long thought process and a lot of introspection and coming to a decision with your conscience and your principles. And I, I believe it's, it's the right one. So I feel relieved. I'm sorry, very sorry to be distancing myself a little bit from the, from the community of Gibraltar. Um, I hope it won't mean a distance, but inevitably stepping back um, is a big decision and one that I have taken very seriously and I have actually taken out of respect and love for the people of Gibraltar. Okay, so um, it, it, I think it has been, it's fair to say, a difficult period for you for a number of reasons ahead of this decision and because of this decision. But um, but those following politics will have noticed that you, you've been more quiet in recent months than you you we were used to you being is part of it because you've been going through this this long sort of thought process of what to do next it is true as everybody knows that i have had some personal um misfortunes in the last year from losing my my mother to breaking my leg and a few things got in the way but i don't think that was what made me take the decision on the contrary what that actually did was give me the space to really think and absorb what decision i had to take and put things into perspective so if anything uh, one could say that the time helped me to come to the decision but it didn't influence my decision as such so um so that is perhaps why you've noticed me a little bit more quiet and in that time i have been also uh you know, thinking about what decision um, had to be made. And, and I have been um, conducting discussions with my opposition colleagues, mainly because people really want change. And that's all that has been on people's minds. And this is what brings me to my decision, is that despite the discussions and the, the, the generous time that I've been afforded by by Keith and and others um, who would have liked um, uh, uh, some sort of alliance, which I was contemplating, I came to the decision that it simply wasn't for me. And if I cannot deliver change, and that's what people are craving, because you, you go down the street and that's all that people are talking about, then I have to make way for somebody else too. And you, you've said in your statement that you still have deep philosophical, ideological and policy differences between yourself and the GSD. <coughs> Excuse me, Jonathan. Bless you. Yes, of course, um, there are, and it's no secret. If, if you look in the last few years, 
Um, we have stood on very different platforms on crucial issues. And even though I really believe that Keith Asopardi is trying hard to reform and modernize the party, which is why I had these discussions with him, I don't think it would have been responsible of me not to have. I don't believe that the party has yet materialized into the progressive platform where I would feel comfortable doing my work. So I have to be honest with myself and with the electorate and not take a step that um, that that comes out of uh, political expediency or convenience and um, know when it's time to leave and let somebody else deliver the change that people are so craving if I can't do it. And had you also been hoping that um, with with the greatest of respect to uh, the other, uh, should we say, candidates at the Together Gibraltar um, uh, election lineup uh, four years ago, and also um, knowing how difficult frontline politics is, or not knowing personally, but seeing and, and, and reading from your statement, uh, we can get to some of that now. But I wanted to ask you, did you also feel lonely uh, doing the frontline politics, having to fight so many fights personally yourself? I mean, it's definitely been a lonely place. Being an MP on your own for the last eight years um, in the House and outside, having to defend every issue and be a specialist on every portfolio when all other MPs have their own ones to deal with, has not only been lonely but very taxing, but something that I have done with, with if I may say, a lot of effort and diligence and, and honour because it's a total honour and privilege to be in the position I've, I've been in. But yes, it's a lonely place, not because of anything my colleagues haven't done, but because I was elected on my own as a Member of Parliament. And then from there, you know, uh, comes a domino effect that, you know, the candidates who stood, they had to go back to their lives. They had to go back to their jobs. They weren't elected. Um, like I said this morning, there's no state aid that helps you um, continue to flourish and nurture a party machinery. Um, other parties are getting uh, uh, their big corporate donors to help out. And it's hard for a party that doesn't want that type of influence to survive when they're trying to sort of start up. So you, you said you didn't want that sort of influence. You have uh, you have been offered financial support. Yeah, of course. Um, many donors have come and offered, and we've we've rejected um, big funding because we never wanted to be beholden to anybody or any corporation if we ever came into power. And I'm and I'm proud of that because everything we've done, we've done without any influence. But then, you know, people who don't get elected, like I say, have to get on with their jobs. And then comes in the, the fear and the whispers in your ears of like, don't be too vocal and it might not be good for you. And, and then the conflicts of interest. It's, it's very hard. Um, I suppose to... that there was, there was a small margin uh, on which Craig Saccarello, for example, was beaten by Edwin Reyes. And one could have a conversation about what things could have been like had he been a second together Gibraltar MP, but it's... Um, Indeed. It was regretful it's... and it could have changed the panorama for us because we would have had perhaps more strength, more momentum. But look, things happen for a reason and the electorate... Yeah, it's a moot point is, now. 
I wanted to ask you about this idea that, um, I don't know if they go hand in hand, that you have rejected, you say, financial offers of financial support. Presumably, well, you've said that the that other political parties have that financial support. And in your statement, you've also said that the political system has been seized by powerful special interests. Um, and And this system plays out inside a bubble and alienates those who do not belong to the circles of power. What, what do you mean by that? But it's clear to see. I mean, you just have to look at the, at the variety. There's not much variety. And the ecosystem that is in Parliament of, of lawyers and people in big firms, you know, who, who find it very comfortable to be members of Parliament or government ministers because they, there's no material impact on them whatsoever and there's no cost to their livelihoods. On the contrary, it only... Um, it can only benefit the way that you know I've seen how um, how things are you know how things go and you you just see new generations of the same type of lawyers from the same firms coming up the ranks speaking in the same way and and taking the same t- sort of strategies it's it's very uniform and it's it's there to be seen there's nothing really to explain and this is the the baristocracy criticism that you've that leveled previously. About I know that lawyers, some lawyers in the aristocracy get a little hurt, but it's not about lawyers per se. And then they throw out to me, your father was a lawyer. Yes, I'm not against lawyers. What I'm talking about is that when you have the same profession 15 times over in a parliament of 17, it doesn't bode well for diversity, for inclusivity, for real representation. You have one, one vision, one line, one ecosystem, one type uh, looking after their interests in the same way as I always say there's not enough women defending our interests and 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 that makes a difference in the type of democracy and the representation that you deliver so I, I wanted to ask you as well you, you mentioned that, uh, that that you feel a bit of despair uh, when you see people trying to or thinking about speaking up and and getting subjected to abuse and intimidation is this? Do you think that this is happening? People are being intimidated yes, if they don't conform to the Absolutely. to what to the GSLP liberal view or, well, or, or to the, any the government of the day. There's a lot of fear outside of that, and a lot of people who I consider very respectful and very capable who have supported me and 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 given me their vote of confidence, but always in the background because they're scared that their family could be targeted or it could affect them and. This is not healthy for our democracy, and every player involved in 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 the system will deny this, obviously. But that is the way it is, and I take my share of responsibility for not having um, recruited a, a, a strong team of people to contest an extra general election, which is why I'm making way for someone who can, because people really want change. But there are also factors that play into this fear of getting involved in public life unless you're with an establishment party which basically will protect you. So you've spoken there about fear and the perception that they could be punished if they speak up. But in your statement, you actually say people are subjected to abuse and intimidation. Yes. You believe that? Yes, I believe it and I've seen it. It's not something that I'm making up and I'm sure that many people listening now will be um, agreeing with me. Politics is toxic. Difficult I think in and a, partisan. I think Gibraltar has a very uh, partisan and polarised system and this is what we tried to do as a movement, firstly, was do things differently and break down 
that tribalism, bring about substantial engagement, grassroots and, and, and the, that cross engagement, open it up to people. And I think that we did transform um, like politics and we did bring it closer to the people then the party decided to move democratically the 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 movement into a party and again we ran it integrally horizontally with a gender parity slate with open primaries where anyone could stand and anyone could vote for those standing again we rejected corporate funding Gibraltar had to be more open more transparent more in line with 21st century values I think we pushed the center a bit um, and I'm proud of all that but I think that um, in the last couple of years after the pandemic there's been um, a lack of momentum generally in politics worldwide people have a, a huge distrust of politicians and you can't blame them when you've seen the things that you've seen and so um, it's been it's been practically impossible to find a team of progressives, um, their beso, as people like to say here, who will take on the huge task effectively of jumping the obstacles of of the opposition and then get into government. And if I can't do that at a time when people are craving for change and people are telling me to join, to make an alliance and do things in order to kick this government out and in my conscious and in my principles, I cannot and could conscious do that. I've had to step aside and make way for others who might be able to. So, so um, there's a question from Claire. Marlene Hassan Naon is with us for a few more minutes. There's a question from Claire on exactly that point, which is, if you believe that, uh, as you've said, that Gibraltar is becoming a con concrete jungle, that um, the gap in quality of life between those who have and those who have not is increasing, if you think that there are so many problems with Gibraltar and that it's becoming less, liv <coughs> less livable, then why don't you use your platform and your experience in politics to do something about it? This is what it's all about today. Thank you, Claire, for asking me that question so I can reiterate that I have tried. I have spent eight years trying to entice people. We ran an election. We started a movement. The movement went into a party. We've done everything we can. But if I know that we cannot get to govern at a time when people are craving for change and I cannot in good conscience join a party which... Like I've said, you know, I've had many discussions with Keith and I have huge respect for what he's, what he's driving over there, but it doesn't convince me that it is in line with my principles. I would rather move away and, and let others deliver the change that I cannot deliver. Okay, there's a lot to unpack in the statement that you've um, made today as you um, announced your decision not to contest the next general election. Uh, we, we had a question from Ian. What's the, the future for Together Gibraltar. We, we know that you're not going to contest the next election. Ian wants to know if Together Gibraltar might. So Together Gibraltar is, um, is a party machinery of its own and I will happily stand by the party. Um, now the executive will have to make decisions at executive and board level, um, organise a handover and uh, a transition phase. And I believe that there is appetite within Together Gibraltar to fight the next general election. In what format, I still don't know, because the party will now start to work that out, which is why I have stood down now and I have, because I can't very well do that 
um, at the last minute if I want to give the party a chance to restructure and to realign and to decide what the future holds. So this is precisely why I've um, I've taken the the decision to 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 come out now, and the party will have a lot of uh, of. Of decisions to make, but so, it's a so, matter for yeah. So some candidates, for example, Nikki Calamaro has been quite active in recent months. Potentially, he might put his name Absolutely. forward. Absolutely, and he's great. He's young. He's got the drive. He's got the capacity and and the energy. And I have no doubt that someone like Nikki will want to pursue um, avenues further. But like I say, this is now the time for them to do it. And I will, as long as they continue the progressive line, I will continue to stand by them. And, um, and lead them because you're the leader no, of Together I mean, Gibraltar? I will be standing down in, um, in line with the party charter, which um, states that within, I think it's 30, 60 days, uh, in the next couple of months, there is a timeline um, in which to take uh, these steps. And of course, I'll be standing down and giving someone else a chance to carry on and perhaps succeed where I haven't been able to. So do you foresee... Um, yourself playing a role at the next general election or is it a cold break? I mean, cold break, it's, I've, I've announced that I'm leaving. So, I mean, I'm not going to try and muscle in when I'm not going to be anywhere near the, the, um, the slate, but I'll definitely be there spiritually and energetically for my colleagues. If they choose to go forward, they can count on me. All right, Marlene Hassan Naon, a difficult day for you. Thank you for coming uh, to you, Broadcasting House to explain you your thinking. Much. And thank you. And we wish you the best of luck with whatever comes next for you. Thank you. And I'm grateful to the people of Gibraltar for the wonderful opportunity that they've afforded me all these years in order to represent them. So, very deep thanks to everyone. Thank you. On Radio Gibraltar and on GBC Television, Gibraltar Today. With Jonathan Scott. We are joined in the studio by University of Gibraltar students and personnel. Uh, and it's my pleasure to, to welcome them now to talk about research that benefits Gibraltar. Let me ask you, Samantha, why do you think and hope that your research on tuna benefits Gibraltar? Well, I know that tuna are an iconic species here and I work closely with the local angling community. I wouldn't be able to do any of this without them and the quality of the tuna stocks impacts tuna fishing every year and it's part of local traditions and cultures and if we lose that, I think we lose a big part of what's been around since prehistoric times. Yeah, very true. Um, right, Bethany, same question for you. Why, why is your research with Barbary macaques benefiting Gibraltar? Yeah, so, <clears throat> sorry. <laughs> um, so my research benefits Gibraltar specifically because I think it can really impact um, management and monitoring and the tourist project in general going forward. So using information like the social perceptions of local residents and the ways that the macaques interact in the Upper Rock, we can really kind of pin down and tailor our management strategies to make them contextual for the sites that we're looking at. There's different sites, um, there's different troops and different sites in the rock that behave differently, so we can really tailor these mon monitoring and management strategies. So I think that's really beneficial going forward. And then hopefully this will enhance and enrich the tourist products alike, but we can also kind of... We can also enhance the local perception of them as well and really change the way the locals um, interact with the macaques. Interesting. OK. Um, and uh, same for you, Keith. How is your research going to benefit Gibraltar? Um, well, I'm trying to 
take out all the partisanship and all the all the romance and everything that we've been taught in school about how the history uh, played out. I mean, it's it, it's always very it's always been very us and them, uh, and I I want to basically take all of that out, uh, boil it down to its its bare essentials, and if it does so happen that during that time. Uh, the the defenders on the rock turned out to be lucky more than well prepared. Then I suppose that the 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 presence that we do hold so dear becomes so much more precious because because it's that bit more fragile. Of course, yeah. interesting. Well, we wish you the best of luck with your research, uh, Samantha Bethany and Keith. And Thank you very uh, much. final word to Dr. Darren Fa. Research that benefits Gibraltar. You're confident that the university is 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 maturing and and now adding value back to society. Uh, actually, yes. It's it's the, 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 there's there's a, 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 an increasingly active and dynamic buzz. We, there's a critical mass in in what we're doing. There's momentum. Uh, there's some r- absolutely brilliant work being done by by lots of dedicated professionals, and and yes, I, I think that maturity is coming through, and this is a good opportunity for us to be able to showcase what we're actually doing and how we can how we're actually sort of engaging and feeding back into the wider community. So please uh, do come along and meet all the three wonderful students we've got here and all the others that are going to be presenting over the next couple of days, because I think you'll be quite quite surprised and uh, pleasantly. Uh, at the work that's been done. Excellent. So, uh, again, a reminder, Dr. Darren Fair, that research that benefits Gibraltar Conference at the University of Gibraltar this afternoon, starting at? Starting at, at 3, although the conference is proper at 4, and tomorrow, again, similarly at 3 and 4. It'll finish at around 7. But you can come in and out as you wish. It's a conference. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a movie. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. At the beautiful Europa Point campus. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us and best of luck with the rest of your research, guys. Thank you. Thank you very much. Lovely to have you all here. Thanks for listening to those highlights from Gibraltar Today. I'm Kelly M. Borge, the show's producer. We're live on Radio Gibraltar Monday to Friday from 1 to 2, getting behind the headlines. And you can catch up here whenever you like. Until next time, have a good one. GBC Podcasts. Local voices on demand.